What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin! So, Pascal, thank you. And um, Pleasure. that's how I started the interview with Tony as well. And I, and I mean it, you know, these, these interviews for me, like I said to Tony, they're super personal because I moved here to Paris seven years ago. I made basically four friends, um, you know, Hedvig, Brees, you and Tony. And, you know, how, here we are now releasing Ledger Stacks, you know, with two of literally my four friends in Paris. So um, thank you for everything. And thank you for being with us here today. Um, I think, you know, for, for the listeners, you've, you've been involved with Ledger since its inception. You were the first, uh, first person to write a check to Ledger for investment. And you've been CEO since 2019. Is that correct? That's correct. And wh- why, why Ledger? Why did you write that first check to Ledger? Um, so first of all, thanks uh, back at you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure and it's great that, you know, it's very uh, I, in business. There, there are many concepts, and some people say that you should never work with friends. I always um, uh, was strongly in, d- in disagreement with with this. I think working with friends are great. You know, it's great, and especially when your friends are really good. And so, you know, I think it's a um, pleasure that we all share mutually at Ledger to, to to work together. But especially with you, and since you joined early twenty one, the impact is you know super visible, uh, making my life uh, a lot easier and helping me you know. Uh, uh, make the why of Ledger possible. And so that's a thank you and also a segue to, you know, sort of why Ledger. Well, and it's also more fun, right? I mean, come on, yeah, that was one of my yeah. promises to you in the beginning. It's like, we're also, we're going to have fun. Yeah. Pascal sure. and I are both like work hard, play hard kind of people. <laughs> so that's maybe why we work well together too. Yeah, no, having fun is, is key and life is short. So you might as well um, work with people that you love. Uh, so... So the the Y ledger for me was very clear, you know, from the beginning. But it was just a, a concept, and then with time, then it becomes a business, right? But uh, I met with the ledger team end of fourteen, beginning of fifteen, and they pitched me a very simple story about security and using the chip and ping technology to secure crypto secrets. Um, and I'm French, so a little biased, like you know, the French invented the chip and ping technology. And we've been told since we were kids that this was the most secure technology to, to secure uh, uh, crypto secrets. And it is. And so, you know, it was just after the Mongox incident. And for me, when I was, you know, sort of just starting my journey into crypto, it was obvious that security, endpoint security was the main issue of crypto. Crypto has been designed for self-custody. Crypto has been designed for peer-to-peer exchange between users. And so, therefore, to me, it seemed ludicrous that you would risk losing the assets at any moment or at any point of time when you make a transaction. Like this wouldn't scale. And so I thought security would be paramount. And so I took my, and, and also meeting with the team at the time, you know, Eric, Nicola, and, you know, the rest of the founders, they were all very extraordinary people. Uh, they were all great. And the reason why I was in business then, the reason why I joined crypto then was to work with extraordinary people. I thought that this was like where the trailblazers will be. This This is where like the most crazy and genius people will be and it was uh and uh and the ledger team at the time was crazy genius and doing things that not many people would do anywhere else in the world and uh and really pitching this idea and for me they 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 found someone that was almost as crazy as they were and so my decision was taken in five minutes uh they were surprised actually because they were pitching, pitching these things so hard and nobody wanted to invest i mean you know hardware crypto 
I mean, you know, like it's a terrible investment. Um, but for me, I was like, sure, I love it. Here is 200,000. Uh, and, uh, but I want a board seat. And Eric was too happy to take my money and to give me the board seat. But also, I didn't know at the time that I was leading the round, but apparently I did. And so that's Eric Larchevec said this to me years after. He was like, oh, by the way, you were the lead in the founding round. And and because why? Because I took my decision very quickly, and apparently, you know, I, I looked so convinced that people thought I knew something that I didn't know, but I knew nothing. Uh, I just knew that endpoint security would be important. Uh, chip and pin was the right technology to do so. They had a great team, so let's fucking go. Like you know, this is how you build businesses. You know, you need to take risks. And so you you started as a board member at this you know new French company building you know hardware. Ultimately, you became the president and and then the CEO. Um, but I'm curious that journey. I mean, you know, Ledger's been around for seven years, and a lot's happened in crypto in those years. And Ledger, you know, in in my view, has had an incredibly steady hand, right? So the, the if I'm not wrong, you could look at the prospectus that you said yes to, and then look at the the mission of the company today, and it's going to basically say the same thing: we're about security and self custody of of crypto and digital assets. Or do I have that wrong? Has you know has a lot changed? And then I'm also curious, you know, what it was like to be on the board of a crypto company over the last seven years through many cycles? Well, like that's a big question and I, and I apologize in advance for the monologue that I'm about to give. Uh, but look, I think in still in the why, just to finish on the why question, uh, there were definitely, you know, different steps in the journey of Ledger and some steps were more, uh, let's say, operational, like trying to figure out if it was something there. And once you have that, then you can actually work on the real why. Like, you know, not every company starts with a why. Every company starts with like a maybe, you know, you stumble upon something that you're trying to get something to work. And actually at the board of Ledger for the first two years, the question is like, our hardware, well, it's really a thing. Uh, you know, I remember that every board were sort of questioning that business model and trying to figure out whether we couldn't take the company uh, somewhere else and you know for for a long time until you know somewhere in 2016 when the nano s came out and we started to see a sign of light and, and definitely in the bull run of uh, 17 then it, it became clear that it was our business but even after 17 when the when the market uh, became bare again the question popped up again like you know are we really doing hardware wallets like you know is this really a business etc and to this date actually you know you still have some naysayers well, probably a little less after FTX, but uh, but but there were some people thinking like, is it a thing? Like, you know, are we going somewhere with this? Like, isn't it just like a gadget? And so it's very difficult to uh, to 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 bring a business from sort of zero to where we are, and it will be very difficult to take it from where we are to where we want to be. Um, that that that's one thing to say. Uh, the other thing I I, I want to say is the why also sort of comes with. Uh, execution like you know again um, at first you just trying to figure out if there is something and once you have something and 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 today probably more than ever then the why starts to make sense and the why of ledger is really freedom and so this is something that I you know increasingly got passionate about it is this is the reason why I got into crypto in the first place because I thought it was financial freedom for everyone Bitcoin but then I began to understand that this would never happen without ledger and I think if you want to be self-sovereign, if you want to own your crypto, if you want to own your identity, if you want to switch from Web2 where you've been depossessed from your life, from your digital life, and then you want to gain possession again of that digital life and suddenly be digitally sovereign, uh, there aren't many other options but Ledger. 
And so suddenly the why of Ledger becomes so much more important and the we have a job to do. Uh, we have customers to serve. We have, you know, the world to free. And then this is where it becomes super interesting because it's not just business. Uh, and it has to be business. We're a for-profit company. You know, you, we all know this, like, don't get me wrong. But the for-profit is to actually fuel the why uh, and to invest in R&D and to do all these things that, you know, Charles is doing with a dungeon, et cetera. This costs a lot of money, but it's all for the good of the users. And honestly, we are a company with a mission. Like, we're not just doing this to... To, to be doing good in business, you know, of course, there would be a consequence of what we're doing. But the reason why we're doing it is because we have a mission to, you know, secure the world, to make Web3 and Web easy to use, uh, but also to make people free. It was When I was talking to Charles, um, something incredibly interesting came out sort of the, of the original architecture. You mentioned chip and pin earlier and chip and pin um, it has been used very successfully for tens of years to protect the secrets of banks and governments. Right in, in our credit cards and 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 our passports, etc. And you know, fundamentally, what led what Ledger does is it uses the same security model and and the same sort of chips to protect the secrets of individuals. So I think it's interesting that at the very heart of the company is that freedom, and the and the shift from you know banks and governments you know to individuals. Is that what you mean when you when you talk about you know sort of securing freedom and the ownership of individuals? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like the the mottos of Ledger for a long time has been "virus numeris" or "don't trust verify." I mean, we took you know this ethos of Bitcoin and the cypherpunk's narrative of you know being your own bank and you know being your own sovereign individual. I mean, as a reaction to the two thousand eight crisis and you know the fact that nothing is too big to fail and you shouldn't trust centralized value propositions. And you know, it's all true. It's all the more true today with FTX you know going under in such a you know debacle. I would say. Um, and so Lehman Brothers, Mongox, you know, FTX, every seven years, you get a reminder that you should not trust your digital life with, with, with anyone. And there are so many other examples of this. And, you know, because at the same time, why could you trust third parties when they can fail on their own, where they can be hacked, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, trust yourself, but in order to trust yourself, you need to have the right tools. And, uh, you know, this is the future that we're building towards. I think today, is it perfect? No. When you look at Ledger, do we have a lot of work to do for sure? Uh, you know, security is strong, but, you know, we need to do work on UX, UI. There are many things, but this is the future. The future is, you know, own uh, your shit, uh, protect yourself, be self-sovereign. And with FTX, to the, before FTX, people were questioning this. With FTX happening, people are like, okay, now I think we get it. Yeah, I have to say, even for myself, when FTX launched a custodial NFT uh, site last year, I was really thinking... Man, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe there will maybe some of these guys will be good. They'll get to scale, and you know they'll have a centralized value prop, and we'll know that it's not really crypto. But you know, it's sort of like America Online, right? Easier to use for the newbies, um, you know. And but uh, you know, we you know, I think it's I think it's incredible that um, you and the Ledger team have really you know stuck so true to those those north stars because I think there were probably lots of places in the history of the company where there was a shiny object that you could have chased um, that looked like you know nearer term shorter term revenue and and the fact that the board you know had the resolve to stick all the way through is is really commendable I, you know you mentioned the product I want to turn to that now um, because the way I would describe it is you know Ledger has these core values and Ledger is built on this this core value of freedom and um, you know but you know execution is everything. Ideas are cheap. Execution is hard. At the end of the day, you have to build a product. You know, we have a, a hardware roadmap and we just announced Ledger Stacks this week. So I, I want to spend um, a good amount of time there. We've got Ledger Live um, and Ledger Connect. We have the developer platform 
And then we have the services that are built on top of this platform. We've got, you know, the, the transactional services, buy, sell, swap, stake, lend, and a credit card, all from a self-custody value proposition. Um, we have our, our NFT business, which is closely connected to Ledger Enterprise. Um, and we should follow up in a, with a specific episode on Ledger Enterprise, I think. Um, and then, you know, we have some some other services that we're building for uh, for the future. So, you know, w- how is it that you think about, you know, what should Ledger do and, and what isn't Ledger's business to do, right? Because there's a lot we do, there's a lot we don't do. So how do you, how do you decide um, for the company what's in and what's out? Oh man, that's a billion dollar question. But, you know, I think first, um, when you run your business, you have to understand what's your most precious asset, where you have a clear differentiator, where you have an edge. Um, actually, you know, when I was thinking about Changing jobs, actually, I come from online advertising. My previous company was Criteo. We listed in NASDAQ in 2013. And after that, I was looking for like a new career, new job, et cetera. And actually, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted—I I knew a few things. One, I wanted to uh, work from France. Uh, two, I wanted uh, to work on something very international uh, with high scalability, reach $100 billion in valuation. And because I was all this, you know, have an edge uh, while doing it in France. And, you know, if you... If you think like that, you know, Ledger is exactly the consequence of <laughs> that, that's a scorecard. Like, because we're in France, we have the best hardware engineers, we have the best crypto engineers. You know, it's it's all about like the 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 people actually. Funny enough, like you know, uh, the, the 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 luck is part of business, and you know, I don't think the uh, without you, without Tony, or without like you know the the diversity of the team that we have in Paris in terms of nationalities and. And, and talent, et cetera. I don't think this will be possible. And, you know, it was very lucky that you were just like sort of hanging in Paris and <laughs> and we got to be friends, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, that's that part of- That we both of, like to ski, that we both yeah, like to drink. You know, there's, there's yeah, luck happens this way. Luck happens this way, but it's part of also business. It's network, network, network. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, luck, you, you, I think you create your luck and you seize opportunities. And, you know, that I've been- Trying to get you and Tony in the business for three years before you decided to join. So you know, I, 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 I tried hard, uh, and uh, and and thank God I I, I, think I succeeded. And it's true for many of the the people that were recruited at Ledger. You know, it was not always a walk in the park to bring the talent in, and you know, this is this is part of the resilience. But I think you know the triptych to build great businesses is ambition first, and it's very important. Resilience second, and then perfect execution. Uh, on the, just on the ambition, like, you know, you, you know very well that w- when you join, like, I had a problem of communication with the team or the team at the time, uh, and that's that was still true early 21. They didn't really understand what I, what I was saying when I was saying that we're shooting for 100 billion. And actually building big businesses, it's a thing of, like, knowing that it's possible. And sometimes the people that have done it before, seen it before, know it's possible versus people that have never done it always question even the possibility of it. Like, you know, can we really do a $100 billion business? You and I both know it's possible. We've met people that have built a $100 billion business. Uh, we love them. They're super smart, but, you know, I think it's okay. We, we can probably do it. It's going to be very hard. Uh, is it guaranteed that we're going to succeed? Probably not. Will we fail? Most definitely, you know, 90% chance that we're going to fail, but there is a 10% chance that we can make it. And, you know, we're going to make everything that we fit in that 10% and that we we nail it. But ambition is sort of key when you're trying to build something because every decision is based on, on the ambition that, that, that you have. If your ambition is to compete with Apple, then you don't hire the same people, you don't make the same decisions than if your ambition is to uh, run a, a very small family business in, in a village in Corsica. I mean, you know, and, and both are great. You know, it's, it's not one better or the other. It's just two different options. And so you don't uh, execute the same way. Resilience is something that we discuss, you know, from 2014 to now, 
all the bull, bear, etc. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster that really tests your emotions and how strongly you believe in this business. Um, and me, I was discussing it with friends uh, in London recently that are in trading business, and I was like, "Well, how the fuck can you be so resilient, and how can you sleep at night?" Uh, and for me, because it's not about money. And so resilience also comes from the fact that, you know, I want to build something and I know that there is no such thing as a, as an overnight sensation. Uh, everything is hard work, hours, long time, outworking everyone. So, you know, uh, resilience is key in business, not to be mistaken with being stubborn. I think, you know, sometimes if you're wrong, you have to admit quickly that you're wrong and move on. But if you feel that you have something and you feel that it's working and if you feel that you're solving a problem, then, you know, putting on the time and the work and not thinking that it's going to happen overnight because all these stories are always wrong. And you can tell the story about Billie Eilish because I think it's a, it's a great one. Uh, but, I'll tell uh, you quickly because it is such a great one. Um, I had the pleasure of introducing Steve Berman, who if anyone's an Eminem fan, then you know who Steve Berman and he runs Interscope, is he runs Interscope Records. He's a great human being and a, and a friend. Um, but he was also involved in Billie Eilish and Billie wanted to be, and I don't think this is a secret, was interested. There was a mutual interest between Dior and Louis Vuitton in, in meeting uh, Billie Eilish. So I made the introduction to Steve Berman, both those teams. And the way that Steve would, uh, would introduce the, the Billie Eilish project is he would say, we've got this little overnight sensation we've been working on for three years. And I think <laughs> that, that that's, I've seen that true in my career so many times. Anytime you think something happened overnight, it's just because you weren't paying attention to the first seven years. Even the iPod, as we were talking about, our memory is that it was an overnight sensation. The reality is, is that Apple was a $10 stock, had less than 2% market share, and you know the iPod uh, didn't work on Windows, <laughs> was actually the beginning of the story. And it took two or three years for it to become the iPod that we were remember so even um you know overnight sensations of recent memory are not quite what you think them to be 100 percent. i love that story about billy Eilish, like you know three years overnight sensation sensation <laughs> working on for three years but it's so true you know everything is about hard work resilience uh and so uh, you know when people look at ledger today and they look at us and like oh my god like you guys you know sometimes you know people are very nice and they say nice things about us i always try to remind everyone like look you know a it was hard and it took us time to get there and B, we're not anywhere yet and, you know, we have places to go. And so it's not the time to be complacent. It's the time to work hard still. It's the time to serve our customers. It's the time to do the right things, to be good businessmen, to be, uh, you know, handling the business like uh, uh, like we have a responsibility. I really feel that, you know, Ledger has a very, very fucking strong responsibility in this market now and especially, again, in the light of everything that has, that has happened. So, you know, we are, you know, we... We owe our users to work, you know, twice harder now uh, than ever uh, and, you know, to fulfill our destiny. And, and finally, it's about perfect execution, which was your original question. Perfect execution is something that uh, is very, very hard because first you have to know what you don't know, which is one of the biggest tricks uh, in the business book. <clears throat> People that think that they know everything are wrong. Uh, they don't know. Uh, and, and, th and the trick is to figure out what you don't know. And perfect and, and usually when you don't know something, you need to find someone that knows that thing really well. And so perfect execution is all about people. You know, people change companies. Uh, it's not AI, it's, you know, it's not BI, like you, you have, it's not robots. You have all these terminologies, et cetera, but it's really people. And eventually you enhance people with AI, BI and, and robots, but like you need, uh, you need, you need the best, uh, 
to win the game. You need to to the best, but also the best team. You know the you know something that we discussed a lot was the the Last Dance, Michael Jordan, like you know, fantastic TV show uh, on Netflix where you can really see that you know there's the team, the organization, like you know how they win championships, etc. And like it's just a beautiful um, allegory, not even allegory, but an example of like you know how how it is to win. How do you win? Uh, and perfect execution in the end, like you want to win, like you know, you want to, you know, you want to win. You want you you want your model to prevail, and you know the the why we want the model to prevail is because we want to make people free, and you know we believe that it's important to be secure, and we believe that security is freedom uh, for the future uh, for for the future digital future of everyone. Uh, but perfect execution is this, and actually you can really see the impact on on of uh, of uh, of the management uh, at Ledger. You know, people focus. Too much on CEOs sometimes, and forget that you know a CEO is nothing without its organization. So I'm only I only look good if my team is amazing, uh, and the better my team is, the better I look. And so it's a virtuous circle that you try to try to put in place. But also, as you know, you know you play with trust and transparency. You don't hire, uh, you know, Ian Rogers, Charles, uh, uh, Seb Bado. You don't work with a guy like Tony Fadell to tell him what to do. <laughs> you you hire these people to so they tell me what I don't know uh, and I let them do uh, what they do know uh, and so I think this is this is what perfect execution is but it's also where I take you know the most of my pleasure because I learn so many things uh, you know with my team from my team uh, this is super rich uh, this is where I'm taking my you know the most pleasure in my job I guess I think this is actually a perfect segue into the story of Stacks from from your perspective. Um, so I joined the company, and I think maybe I hadn't even joined the company yet. I just said I was going to join, join the company, and I was trying to extract myself um, from LVMH. And we had a we had a dinner and and a lunch. I remember both uh, with Tony, and where you know, and and he tells this story in the in the podcast as well for the listeners. I encourage you to listen to the to the, um, the episode with Tony as well, where he tells this story. Um, you know, but from our perspective, in some ways, he, he you know he told us that our baby was ugly, right? He said, okay, you've got the iPod Shuffle and you, and you're working on the iPod Touch, but you're really missing the iPod Nano, which by the way, was the hit. And if you don't, um, you know, fill that hole then you're not only are you missing an opportunity, but maybe you're opening, opening yourself up to, to competition. Um, so I think it feeds really well into what you're saying, because, you know, first of all, um, you know, I, I think it hurts anytime when someone tells you your baby is ugly. Um, at the same time, you know, we had to, had to, you know, really kind of make a lot of changes in what we were doing as a business very quickly um, to accommodate a new and pretty challenging idea. And, and then we, you know, we also welcomed in, you know, some, some, you know, some new ways of working uh, as a result. So, well, I'm, I'm curious the story from your perspective. Well, but it's very similar to what you describe. I mean, you know, I don't, uh, I remember exactly the same thing. The only thing I would add is for me, I didn't take offense in, you know, finding out my, my baby was ugly because A, you know, when it's Tony uh, who says it, so you're like, well, he knows better. But interestingly enough, we had another advisor. So um, Tony uh, did Nest and Fred Potter, which was uh, a previous board member uh, did a company in France uh, called WeThings and then he did another company called um, uh, well similar to similar to Nest and I can't remember the name of the company I'm ashamed uh, but anyway amazing entrepreneur uh, also amazing in hardware etc and funny enough Fred Potter made exactly the same comment as Tony he was like because I was presenting the, the, the you know the product that I that I had a vision for and you know and Fred gave me exactly the same feedback as no 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 you're going too far you need like a a step in between, etc. So, whatever uh, comment Tony made, like sort of resonated with this. But you know, they were right, and you know, they know better than. 
I know what I don't know. And I know that, you know, if I ask Tony a question, like it's not to not take the feedback. Like, you know, you ask someone who's been on the top of the world, like a real builder that have designed products, but also, you know, Tony didn't just say, oh, you know, your baby is ugly and, you know, this is, uh, you know, maybe I give you a little idea. Like Tony was very precise also in defining the vision that he had, like, you know, and so that commands respect because it's not just, uh, you know, sometimes people give you the obvious idea that everybody has. Uh, it's very rare that actually someone comes with uh, something that really solves the problem and really nails it, like in every fucking detail from sort of design to go to market, to the why, to the everything. And so I think where... Yeah, well, you know what I always say, and I had, to, I had to really implement this as a rule when I worked at LVMH is criticism is not allowed unless it is accompanied by an alternate proposal. Because I, you know, I think, in, and I, I want to say this to the audience because notice this in your life. If somebody says, oh, I don't like your idea, that's a lot different than saying, you know, I think it would be better if... Right. Like those, you know, there are some people who just want to, you know, kind of um, rain on your parade. And there are some people that actually want to propose a better direction. And, and you're right. Tony is sort of the extreme example of, uh, of, oh, of yeah. the latter. <laughs> yeah, Extreme. And also, like, I was super <clears throat> what I didn't expect from those discussions. I thought that it would give us like the direction and, you know, a very precise idea, but direction. I didn't really expect him working so much uh, with us on the matter. And I think that. If he didn't, we probably wouldn't be here today. Um, and so, you know, and I've rarely seen real rainmakers. Like a lot of people in business say that they're rainmakers, like that they can do business, etc. It's very rare uh, that people can be as operational as Tony and as sort of senior and rainmaker in terms of connecting you to the world of business. And, you know, especially in building hardware, we know now, you know, this is something that we've learned through that experience. And with the team that you know, Tony helped us brought, brought in, et cetera, where we have a pretty, we're a very solid hardware team now at Ledger. Um, but everything matters. Every fucking detail matters. Like, you know, it was so detailed, that plan, like, you know, everything that we're doing to get this product to market, which in the end will feel very natural in the hand of users. But it was so difficult. Like the plan, it's, it's, a, it's a master plan. It's beautiful from design to uh, production to you know every little aspect of the device, the the magnets, the screen, etc. I mean, it's really you know watching um, a maestro uh, directing an orchestra, and you know, and suddenly you have all these instruments, and, and in the end, everything makes sense. But it's so difficult, uh, and so uh, you know, really a privilege uh, to work with uh, with someone like uh, like Tony Fadell. And this is this is this is the closest that you get to perfect execution, by the way. And and why is is Ledger Stacks um, as a device important in sort of the mission of Ledger, right? If the mission of Ledger is is freedom, you know we've we've got a security device in um, you know in the Ledger Nano. Um, the the security architecture of 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 Ledger Stacks is the same. You know the difference is the screen, the form factor, and why is you know the world's first e-ink touchscreen, which you know sounds like a marketing tagline important in a mission that, that comes back to freedom? Well, you know, our mission is uh, security and ease of use, right? Uh, and, and, and freedom is probably our, our, our why. Uh, but, um, and so that fits into the ease of use category and it's really really UX and UI, uh, user experience, user interface. I think our products were largely due to an upgrade. In all fairness, you know, uh, thinking about the founding team, we had the Ledger Blue back in... Uh, I remember if it was 16 or 17, but like ages ago, uh, except that, but, but it's interesting. So 
we already had that idea of like a, of this device with a bigger screen, except that it didn't work. Uh, and it's a product that we discontinued and uh, the, the Bluetooth never really worked. So, and, and so you can see that perfect execution is difficult. Ideas, everybody has the same ideas, I guess, but it's not the question of the idea. Uh, and, and by the way, when, when, when Tony designed this, he did something that was very fun. Like he bought all the products in the market, he opened them up, like, you know, a real engineer uh, type of work. Um, and for him, it was not about, to, it was not trying to do like something that was from another world. He was just trying to make the best of this product. And similar to the story that he's telling about the iPod, you know, MP3 players pre-existed the iPod. Like he's just, he just made like the best MP3 players sort of ever. And, you know, taking all the other MP3 players and seeing what's wrong and trying to find the best UX, the best UI, et cetera, with the success that we know now. And so this is a little bit the same. So some people will say, well, you know, it's just a, another hardware wallet. Okay, but it's the best one. And why? Because of UX, UI. And typically that, uh, another funny story, that e-ink screen, I had the idea before too. Like I was like, and I asked the engineering team before, I was like, it'd be nice to have an e-ink screen because intuitively it feels nice, like, you know, to for money, it's like paper. I don't know. There is something there that, you know, just makes sense. But when I asked the uh, the former engineering team, they told me it's not possible. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. And because I don't know. what. I, and then when Tony said, we're going to do an e-ink screen, I was like, okay. <laughs> now, you know, I, I know how you feel. And I agree. So for me, it was very uh, easy to, to see where he was going with this. But the thing, he knew how to make it work. He knew exactly how to make it work. And everybody thought it was impossible. You know, you remember, and you know, way back when, and even today, like people are still questioning it. They're like, is it really possible? Is it really possible? The only guy on the planet who knows it's possible, who knew it was possible, who knows it's possible and will make it happen is Tony. And was willing to, to sort of, we, we talk about this in the interview with, with Tony is that it's just possible. And that's actually where he likes to live, you know, with things that are, you know, not easy, but possible. And, um, and yes, there's risk. But risk and reward are commensurate, and you know, so like knowing where that edge is is um, is a part that that I find quite fascinating because, you know, we always take risk in in business. The question is how much risk, right? Some people are more comfortable with some people are comfortable with more, some are comfortable with less, and I think the interesting thing about this business is, you know, we don't take risk when it comes to security, which sometimes makes us move more slowly. Right. And there are very practical places that that crops up. Um, Charles talked about the length of time it takes to have an application security reviewed by Ledger, right? A place where we would like to move faster, but, you know, we don't because there's an unacceptable level of risk. Um, you know, but here is a place where we are willing to take kind of acceptable level of risk in order to create something that, that has a great, you know, feel, form factor, usability and ease of use for the customer. I think that's actually quite interesting thing about our business. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, like the back to... The Last Dance, Michael Jordan, etc. And you know, Michael Jordan is you know, a big influence in <clears throat> the winning mentality and and why I want to win in business. Uh, but for me, it's just like this ability of Michael Jordan, like to shoot the last basket at the buzzer and 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 get it right, sort of every time. Like you know, it actually has crazy statistics on this, where Michael Jordan is actually better under pressure in the end than you know on the uh, average game, or as good as you know. So, and, and he's one of a kind on this, like, you know, it doesn't crack under pressure. It's actually where he's at his best. And so there is a similar mentality with, with Tony where he wants that last shot. Like he's going to take it, like you're sure he's going to take it and you, and he, and he knows that he's going to do it. Uh, and so, because in hindsight, like, how did he know, like almost, you know, 18 months ago that this would work? Like 
he, I mean, he didn't really, but he just knew. He was like, no, no, give me the ball, I'll score. You know, there's a great, if, you've, if you watch the, the Beatles documentary, I can't remember the name of it, but the one that came out over the past year, they're, they're like, you know, trying to get this show done and it's, they've got like 48 hours or something to <laughs> like write new songs and do this show. And at some point, John Lennon looks at Paul McCartney, who's, Paul McCartney's like, you know, the adult in the room. Like, come on, guys, let's go. And at some point, you know, lazy looking, John Lennon goes, I think you'll find I do my best work when my back's against the wall, Paul. <laughs> I love those guys too. I feel like maybe we're all we're all some of those. Well, listen, I know you have, you've got to get to the airport, and, and and I need to let you go. So first of all, I need you to make me a promise that we're going to do a podcast for Ledger, you and I, once a quarter, and we'll and we'll talk about the about the company. I think it would actually be um, something that the audience would would be interesting interested in hearing. You and I, why not talk about you know what we're doing, how we're running the business outside of Ledger Open? That'd be great. You do that with me. Well, when it comes to these matters, I told you already, you're the boss of me. So, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, it sounds like I work, it sounds like you work for me and I always tell my team that I work for them. Um, I maybe, maybe that's how, maybe that's how it really works. Um, it is how it sec- works. And second, it is how it works. second, thank you. This is really fucking fun. I love doing this, doing this with you, man. I mean that sincerely. <laughs> and what a proud moment. Like, uh, you know, I know we're, we're all like working our asses off here. Like, like most Dev says, I always say, and you referred to, to this from another way earlier, the plan, hard work, results, good living. And uh, we're definitely working our asses off, and, uh, and, but, it's, but it's a blast. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be at any other company with any other team doing any other thing. So thanks for having me here. Appreciate it. Oh, you know, like the, it's, a, it's, a, it's really a shared pleasure. I think uh, it's funny because the story of you joining the company, the people questioned it. Like, it was like, Ian Rogers, are you sure? Like, you know. Yeah, that dude's a weirdo. Isn't he too, you know, big for the company? And have you looked at his salary? Like, all these questions that were like, dudes, like, it's fine. <laughs> give, me, give him what he wants, et cetera. He'll make a difference. Uh, it's, it's funny because... <clears throat> uh, I, th- I say this for the audience, but, you know, my life, since you joined the company, my life has changed in the sense that now people recognize me in the street, which is a weird feeling because, you know, like, why would they care so much about the CEO of Ledger? But, you know, the the impact that Ledger has in the market right now, the fact that we are in everything that you see about Ledger, people tell me, oh, my God, Ledger, you're doing so well. He has changed a lot, etc. People take notice of what Ledger has become. And, you know, this is largely due to the impact that you've had uh, in the company. So for me, 100%, it's fun. And, you know, working is my friend, but fucking results. Like I live for results. And what we're seeing now is results. This is business. And results are amazing. Uh, and I think I'm very excited for Ledger Open. I think the team is yet... Le- last Ledger Open was great. I think this is yet another level up, you know, in terms of preparation, etc. Now we have to go through it, and we have to launch stacks because this is pre-recorded, uh, and uh, and and results will matter in the end. Only the results, uh, but uh, but but the journey has to be fun, and so this is definitely a fun journey. Uh, having fun with you, having fun uh, with with the team, hopefully having fun with our customers. I think you know people engage more and more uh, with us in a very friendly and uh, happy manner, uh, and you know trying to. Maintain that for the future. You know, for me, I really want the future to, to stay. You know, very strong, result-driven security company, but also with a very uh, nice touch of fun internally and externally. Uh, I think, you know, this is this is about freedom. This is about life. So it has to be fun as well. Totally agree. I, I could. I well, we're gonna do it again. I have so many more things to talk to you about, but I know you got a plane to catch. So thank you for making the time. Appreciate it. Merci beaucoup. Salut. De rien. À tout. 
This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment, or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.